This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach! Give me great food. Tacos! Give me adventure. Hiking! Give me a date night. Sunset cruise! Give me some smiles. Cheese! Give me more beaches. Beaches! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gigillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Hello and welcome to Savor, production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we're talking about Roquefort cheese. Yes, Roquefort. Um, so... During this time of a quarantine and coming at you from our home studio closets, <laughs> I have been doing a lot of virtual hangouts. And uh-huh. for those that know about my cheese giving and cheese nights, I have been doing those still. You're still doing cheese nights? Oh, cheese night cannot be stopped. <laughs> virtual cheese nights. That is so delightful. Yes, yes. And uh, we had one recently that was very hilarious because I I think I actually talked about this briefly on the show, but we we do a movie as we watch as well and as we watch as we eat the cheese, and um, I chose The Lighthouse. Which oh, it's a very fun movie to drink a lot of wine and eat a lot of cheese when no one but you has seen it or knows what it is about. <laughs> Annie, <laughs> <laughs> I am a terrible person when it comes to movie recommendations. Oh my just by gosh. The way. Yeah, that's uh if um if you have not seen it or have not heard that much about it, it's that movie gets gnarly. So yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm we- kind of known for it, so, <laughs> so at people- least they weren't shocked. I mean, they were, but it's not but not they were shocked by the you. movie and not by my choice. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're like, "Let's just watch Willow next time." And I said, "Okay." <laughs> I like Willow too. Um <laughs> But in thinking about this and in my long, long love of cheese and cheese night, I don't—I'm sure I've had Roquefort 
but I couldn't place it. I couldn't tell you. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, goodness. I love a Roquefort. I, I love, I mean, I love blue cheeses in general, anything with them. I mean, but like, like kind of funky flavors are some of my favorites, uh, right up there with bitter. So, yeah. Um, um, I went to, back in my early college days, I went to a French cheese night. It was hosted by the school. Uh-huh. And um, they got, you know, progressively more flavor forward, uh, okay, as we sure. might say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the last Two cheeses were blue cheese. And uh, the last one in particular, before we tried it, the person hosting it said, now this is a very strong flavor and I would recommend you have a napkin ready to spit it out. (laughs) Have you ever had a food where they're like, be prepared to spit it out? Um, it was, it was very strong. It was fine. But my friend definitely like started gagging. (laughs) Oh, wow. It was a blue cheese for sure. Uh, I was kind of impressed. Yeah, I, gosh, I've never, I've never been to like a tasting situation where someone was like, you might, you might want to be prepared. Um, uh, <laughs> but certainly when Ben Bolin and I were doing um, snack stuff on Facebook mm. Live, which was where we would subject ourselves and each other and Facebook audiences to, um, to whatever weird food items we had gathered from our recent journeys or that humans had sent into us, uh, which in which Annie filmed very often. Yes, um, I did. Just quietly laughing her butt off at us from behind <laughs> the camera. Mm-hmm. And and to be fair, usually trying some of whatever it was afterwards. Uh, yes, not on camera. Not on camera. <laughs> but later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there were a few times that we had stuff on there, like, uh, like, like natto and stuff like that, that are known for being quite strong. Where We were like, oh man, this is one that we're going to prepare some extra paper towels just mm-hmm. in case. Yeah. Nothing was ever that bad. I'm, I'm really hard to gross out food wise though. So, um, yeah, I, I am as well. It's, it's definitely happened, but I think it's, I can count on one hand as I've been an adult um, <laughs> <laughs> when it's happened, but Blue cheese can be quite strong. And from what we've done in this research, it sounds like Roquefort, which we had to look up the pronunciation for. Just um, in case a French is tricky and or it's just specific and I have not learned it. There you go. That's a more... I have, and I still have questions. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm going to try next time I venture out to the grocery store. I'm going to see if I can Ooh. find some. Yeah. Uh, give it a go. Heck Yeah. And as you listen to this, we have done past episodes on cheese. We've done brie, gruyere, cheddar. And actually, I would recommend, it's an oldie, but the yogurt one, we talk about some of the stuff. We do, we do. Um, And we also did that interview with um, the cheesemakers in Asheville, North Carolina, um, Looking Glass, Looking Glass Creamery. Yeah. Oh, yes. That Um, was delicious. Oh, it was, well, certainly it was delicious. It was also a really fun interview. We got to watch some of the process of these cheeses being made and and, uh, visit their little cellaring unit, refrigeration unit, and cool Mm -hmm. off from from, uh, being in the room where the cheeses were made. Yes, and we looked quite dashing. Oh, my gosh. Hair caps, which is Lauren's uh, skill that she is the best at, is putting on a hair cap. (laughs) Yeah, that actually I've never you're you're known for having some cooking mishaps, Annie. I have I have some really good hairnet mishaps. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Bangs are complicated, okay? I learned to fringe indeed. That's true. Oh, and also we have a yogurt video in which you can see some of 
the footage of Lauren trying to put on a hairnet. And also it's super meta and fun. So I, I recommend oh, it. Oh, gosh. I had entirely, I don't know. I just forgot that we did that. And yeah, yeah. Oh, I liked that episode. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Check check out our yogurt video. Y'all, we used to do videos. Yeah. And they were pretty good. You can find them on YouTube. Yeah. But anyway. in the meantime. Yeah, <laughs> right. We, we digress. We do. We often do. <laughs> but let's get to our question. Mm-hmm. Rock four. What is it? Well, uh, Roquefort is a type of semi-soft, crumbly cheese made primarily from sheep's milk and mold. Mm. And it's a friendly, delicious mold. Or see above, re, like some people find it delicious. Some people say that it must be an acquired taste. Um, <laughs> but uh, yes, um, because uh, between between the between the sheep's milk, which is a little bit you know like funkier, barnier tasting maybe than cow's milk, and uh, and that blue green mold, um, you get some seriously savory, tangy, funky flavors going on in Roquefort. And there are plenty of blue-style cheeses made around the world with uh, perhaps similar uh, textures and flavors and appearances. But if something is labeled Roquefort, um, that is a that is a legally protected designation. So it means that that cheese was uh, made in a specific part of southern France um, with milk from a specific breed of sheep. Um, And and these parts of of France have limestone underground, which is important for two reasons. Um, First, as we talked about in our bourbon episodes, of all things, um, uh, limestone creates this excellent um, uh, uh, earth and water system for grass and wildflowers and herbs to grow, um, fortified with a, with a lot of minerals that help grazing animals like sheep, or in our bourbon episode, horses, uh, thrive. And second, that that limestone over like the geological history of the planet Earth um, formed in this area all of these caves that just happen to be the perfect environment for a species of mold to thrive, um, Penicillium roccaforti. Yes, it was named after this cheese. Um, and roccafort cheesemakers age their cheeses in these caves and encourage that mold to grow through the cheese. But before we can really talk about the mold, we have to talk about other microorganisms, bacteria, and Yes, about bacteria poop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, so as we've talked about in our prior cheese episodes, and do see those for a little bit more detail here, um, when you're making cheese, you take milk and introduce something that will make that milk curdle, um, which means that the, the fats and the proteins and stuff that hang out with the fats um, separate out from the water and the proteins and stuff that hangs out with the water. Um, And to get that process started, you encourage friendly lactic acid bacteria to grow in the milk. Um, And these are a category of bacteria that um, eat some of the sugars in milk and excrete acid, which causes that separation. In the case of Roquefort um, and many other cheeses, uh, you curdle the milk further using rennet, which is an animal protein that helps some baby grazing mammals better digest their mother's milk by by making it separate in their stomachs. Um, But don't worry, no, like, baby lambs were harmed in the making of this rennet. Like, most of it is grown in a lab these days or is a byproduct of the meat industry. 
But anyway, so uh, you get the milk to separate out, and you uh, you drain the watery part called whey away, um, and then you take the solids, uh, the curds, and that's cheese. Uh, and you can then process these cheese curds any number of ways to create all kinds of different cheeses. But again, talking about Roquefort, um, you you cut the curds up fine and then press them, um, get some, getting some more of the liquid stuff out, you press them into these tall wheels about eight inches across and four inches high, which is like 20 by 10 centimeters. And um, you salt the wheels, which helps stop the growth of those lactic acid bacteria. You don't need them anymore. And then you poke the wheels uh, full of holes from the sides so that there are just lots of air pockets in, uh, in with the curds. And at some point, or possibly multiple points um, during this process, you spray down the curds uh, or, the, or the wheel with cultured mold, with, with cultures of mold. Um, the mold is also sometimes lab-grown these days, but the traditional way to get this mold is to take a loaf of rye bread. First, you make rye bread, and then you put it in this cave, and then you let the naturally occurring mold in the cave eat the rye bread until it's basically a loaf of mold, and then you grind it up and you put it in layers into the cheese. And I love this. <laughs> that is so wonderful. And also some uh, very well-fed, <laughs> getting some rye bread. Right? Oh, Come on. I, hmm. Yes, yes. Uh, okay, so <laughs> however you get the mold in there, um, you, uh, you, you, you do that and then you wrap the wheels up and just let them hang out in the caves so that the, uh, so the mold grows all up through the cheese. Um, you know, you've given it the perfect temperatures and some oxygen and all this tasty cheese curd to eat and to, and to build itself through. Um, so the mold breaks down some of the parts of the cheese as it grows creating uh, uh, these these soft and creamy textures. And the mold also excretes a bunch of compounds that we humans happen to interpret as a funky, tangy scents and flavors. Of so, course. <laughs> mold poop. Mold poop. Mold poop. The lesser, <laughs> we don't get to talk about that as much. So. Not as often. I know, right? Yeah. Um, and, and if the idea of, like, mold really kind of, like, ekes you out, um, you can think of it as uh, as a type of mushroom. It's just, like, tiny mushrooms. Yeah. If the thought of mushrooms also ekes you out, then I can't help. Yeah. That's beyond us. That's... <laughs> Mm-hmm. But anyway, so when, once this uh, once this cheese has developed this uh, this mold and, and these flavors, um, after like two to five months, the result is a semi-soft, uh, crumbly but but still creamy white cheese shot through with these veins of like bold musky blue um, that smells very strong and um, and tastes uh, sweet and salty and creamy and funky and oh I I really love it. Ah, I can't wait to try it. Mm-hmm. I, I was looking at pictures of it, and I thought it looks it looks very beautiful and alien like <laughs> <laughs> at the same time. And I'm into that. Yeah, yeah. I, I mm. guess I guess it does, right? Because it's just like like this very very white with very very deep blue pockets all through it. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating. Mm-hmm. What else is fascinating? Apparently. The name Roquefort comes from an old folk remedy from the area that called for putting cheese over a wound, and I desperately need a listener to write in if that's true. 
I hope that it's true. Huh. Well, but another I mean, part of me, I don't know, Lauren. Yeah. I mean, it is named after the after one town in the region where it's from, or one region of right. the region that it's from. And the the two words that make it up are 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 what in French? I th- well, four is definitely strong. Um, I think rock is like a cast. I looked it up. Uh, this isn't just me speculating because I knew four already. <laughs> I knew that one, but Rock, I didn't know. And the internet told me it was a cast or castling. Um, but I don't know. Oh. I don't know why a town would be named that. So I feel like it might be something lost in translation. Sure. As say. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is why we need you listeners. You can yeah. help us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, but there is something that can't really be helped. And that is the nutrition. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, cheese is a, cheese is a nutrient-dense food. Uh, you know, like, that's kind of the, the purpose of cheese, right? Like, to condense and, and preserve the nutrients in milk so that you can eat it later. Um, so, a single ounce of Roquefort, which is the serving, which is a serving size of cheese, which is, like, 28 grams, um, has, like, a quarter of your daily recommended intake of saturated fat. It's also a good source of protein, 10% of your recommended intake. Um, it's got a great smattering of minerals and a few vitamins, um, kind of high in salt. You know, uh, it'll fill you up and it will keep you going, um, but it'll watch your portion sizes. Yes. If you are prone to cheese nights. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, like it's a nice treat. Also, you know, eat a vegetable sometimes. Always a proponent mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. eating a vegetable. Uh, We do have some numbers for you. Only seven factories produce Roquefort. The company Papillon, um, which is the only one to produce penicillin Roquefort tea naturally, they make and ferment 17,000 rye breads a year. (laughs) That is is so cool. (laughs) I know. It's wild. I'd be like, oh, wow, you're a bread company. No, we make cheese. Um, (laughs) The largest producer, Societe, accounts for about... 60% 60% of Roquefort. Wow. Um, but yeah, uh, P. Roqueforti um, is used to make a bunch of other blue-style cheeses. Uh, blue, uh, Gorgonzola, Stilton, Wensleydale, lots of stuff, yeah. Mm-mm-mm. About 80,000 ewes munch on grass and herbs on Mount Kambalu, and about 2,200 dairy farms work on making this cheese and getting the milk wow. from those ewes. Yeah, so... It, it, I love that it's so region-specific. So specific. Just, yeah, mm-hmm. this is the Rockfall region. <laughs> That's it. That's what it does. Yep. Yes, yes, yes. And the history of how that happened is very uh, murky, as it <laughs> often is, uh, but also fascinating. Fascinating yeah. to talk about. Mm-hmm. And we will get into that after we get back from a quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. 
Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at San Diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. So, um, in terms of cheese making, period, uh, it goes back seven to eight thousand years. Uh, there is evidence of people using specialized pottery to process milk um, from about that long ago. Researchers found residues of, of milk fats in strainers that line up with what would get left behind from separating curds from whey, and these and these strainers are basically the same kind of thing that we use to this day in cheese making. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's people found out pretty early on cheese is less perishable and more transportable. It has reduced lactose, which means that more people can, can access those nutrients, uh, without getting sick. So yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, speaking of videos on YouTube, um, before Lauren and I did food stuff, Ben Bolin and previous uh, creator, host of Stuff I Never Told You, Kristen Conker, did a food stuff video series that I produced. And they did a, a very short uh, history of cheese in which Ben Bolin is on like one of those toy horses. It's like a broomstick <laughs> with a horse head on it. Uh-huh. And the music is very dramatic and it's in black and white. It's very fun. So you can look that up as well. It is very fun. I highly recommend that video. <laughs> I had fun. When we first started doing food stuff, which is what became Savor, uh, I I had this moment where I was like, but how how dare I even attempt when nothing that I could possibly do could ever be as charming and funny as what Ben and Kristen put together? I oh, should I had the same thing. I know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but they were very gracious. <laughs> they, they were. They were. We have our own brand of I call it Awkward charm <laughs> slash love of honey. Uh, and that's that encompasses maybe nerdy in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that we are probably a little bit nerdier than either of those humans. Um, I would stand by that statement, absolutely. <laughs> um, yes. So, as you might imagine about the so-called king of cheeses, which Rockfor is called, 
or sometimes the cheese of kings and popes. So a, a royal cheese. Yes. 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 And so there are a lot, a lot, a lot of legends about mm-hmm. the origin story of Roquefort. Most of them have almost zero evidence behind them, but they're fun to share. So we will share them. Um, yeah. One of the most popular stories tells of a shepherd on the Kambalu Plateau, which, by the way, I looked up how to pronounce this. I also looked up how to pronounce the sheep, which I'm going to say Laka'un, which is where the, the milk comes from. And all I got was very beautifully uh, edited tourist videos with um, a soundtrack <laughs> behind them and no pronunciation in there. No vocal so, track. Yeah. I did. Um, that is one we of my do, skills. We do try. Oh, yeah. Finding pronunciations. <laughs> no, no, that is not a skill of mine at all. No, I can I can tell you what a, pron- uh, a font is. I can tell you what where the the music the person like the stock music is from. Also, the oh, stock photos. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty much it. <laughs> oh, and transitions. I'm very annoying about transitions. I'm like, that's a white transition. There's a rocket transition. <laughs> um. So, it is a it's a particular skill set that this job has built for for all of us. The, the taken parody of me, my particular set of skills, that would be such a dull movie, but I think it would, there's a lot of room for humor in there, where I'm just like, Futura is a beautiful font, but it's overused. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, back to the shepherd on yes. this plateau. Right, yes. Yes, okay, so in the 7th century CE, or the date varies wildly, but 7th century CE... He saw a beautiful lady shepherd across the way, and he was determined to meet her. But uh, he wanted to keep his lunch of rye bread topped with ewe's milk curds nice and cool. So he placed it in a dark, cool cave, and he spent days searching, but to no avail. Uh, yes, yes, this, this woman just, just completely yes. evaded him. Whether on purpose yes. or not, who knows? Perhaps she was a mirage. <laughs> In either case, he returned for his lunch disheartened and very, very hungry. But alas again, the bread was covered with mold. Yeah. The cheese veined with green. But the shepherd was too hungry to be choosy. And to his surprise, the cheese was delicious. Au revoir, Roquefort. <laughs> okay. So that is told in very a variety of ways. The date changes, how long he was gone changes. Whether or not the lady was like, you know, uh, and was yeah. hiding hiding from him on purpose changes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. But that is, in a nutshell, a very popularly told story. Um, other stories claim that famous historical figures like Pliny, who wrote, the cheese of this kind, which is made at Rome, is considered preferable to any other. For that which is made in Gaul, modern-day France, has a strong taste like that of medicine. Hmm. Maybe, maybe some people argue referred to Roquefort. Um, Mm -hmm. Emperor Charlemagne was a big fan, some people say, but the first written record of Roquefort didn't appear until 1411 CE, a decree issued by Charles VI to provide protections against imitation of that cheese— while simultaneously helping that region that produced it economically since it wasn't friendly to other French crops like grapes and grain. They could make this cheese, but they had trouble with other French products that were pretty common. According to this decree, only Roquefort-sur-Soulzon 
village could produce Roquefort cheese. Later, in 1666, Charles VII went even further, allowing for sanctions for those that didn't heed the decree. Oh. Yeah. Some serious cheese business. Uh-huh. <laughs> Perhaps less of a good story, but more realistic, is that shepherds were making sheep's milk cheese for a long, long time. And we just don't really have a date. Uh, uh-huh. And over time, they improved their technique, including for an unpasteurized sheep's milk cheese. But still, it was quite a difficult cheese to produce and produce consistently. Yeah, because as, as you can imagine, just like relying on ground-up molded bread doesn't always work the same way twice. Um, and... You know, like like all kinds of things. Like supposedly the, the sheep were encouraged to only graze in areas with just as much wild thyme and lavender and rosemary and sage and mint as possible to help with the flavor. And at any rate, an entire trade developed in the area. You know, it went from, um, from a business of just the local shepherds whose flocks grazed like right on top of the caves making this cheese to nearby farmers paying to ripen their cheeses in the caves, to farmers selling their milk to the cheesemakers who uh, set up shop there. By the end of the 1700s, um, three rival companies had emerged that were supposedly producing 250 tons of cheese per year. And that would double over the next, like, 15 or 20 years in the economic boom of the early 1800s. But everything crashed after Napoleon's fall, um, and those three big companies were disbanded, and Roquefort's production was um, distributed a little bit, um, which turned out to be a good thing for the cheese in the end, because farmers wound up experimenting more um, uh, with supplementing the sheep's milk with cow and goat milk, I think to make it cheaper or tastier or both. I'm going to go with both. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm with you. But, um, but it, didn't, it didn't wind up working out too well. Is this? So, listeners, right before we started recording, Lauren sent me a message that said, can we postpone 10 minutes? I found a fascinating article <laughs> from the 1800s. Is that where this yes, is from? Yes, these two paragraphs are from an article in the Smithsonian, in Smithsonian Magazine, um, dated from 1868. Oh, wow. Um, so, if, uh, if any of that is incorrect, blame... The Smithsonian. Smithsonian. They're always trying to mess with us, <laughs> planting false information out there. Centuries ago. Yes. <laughs> we are on to you, Smithsonian. It is it is a great it is a great article. I'll try to remember to tweet it out um when when this publishes because it is just incredibly descriptive, very long, very detailed, um, a little bit florid in its in its writing <laughs> style and uh it's yeah it, but okay at any rate <laughs> yes um all right <laughs> uh by the middle of the 1800s um a few things uh, a, a few um farming technologies or concepts would come along that would help the development of this cheese into what it is today right so farmers started crossbreeding older families of Lakaun sheep, which is the sheep in question when we're talking about this cheese, with other regional varieties of sheep in the mid-19th century. But perhaps the biggest advancement in Roquefort production was the 19th century discovery of penicillin, which I feel like we've talked about a handful of times Mm -hmm, on this mm -hmm. show. This allowed the non-pasteurized cheese to still produce all those delicious microbiomes, but also be safe for consumption. And this in turn allowed farmers and shepherds to come together to create factories for production of Roquefort. 
1902, the French government drafted official definitions and traits of lacaune use, which is very fun to say, mm-hmm. um, as the French are wont to do. And these traits included things like a fragrant full flat milk, um, free of horns, resistant to temperature changes, and uh, the that ewes weighing in between 154 to 220 pounds. Sheep that fell under this criteria only produced about 16 gallons of milk each season, which for reference, cows produce about 30 times that in the same amount of time. Mm-hmm. So it's not much. No, no. No, no, no. Roquefort became the first cheese in the world to receive a protected origins designation, an AOC, uh, in 1925. The seven rules they outlined then are still in place today. Very important cheese. It is. In 1951, this was all recognized internationally after eight other European countries signed an agreement to regulate the names of cheeses, including Roquefort. And in 1996, the AOC extended to the rindless foil-wrapped wheels. The U.S. Patent and Trademark Office went on to grant the Roquefort Geographic Certification. Oh, and then the American Secretary of Trade threatened a hefty 300% tariff on Roquefort cheese in response to the EU's refusal to import hormone-fed beef in January 2009. Whoa, that is such a specific snipe. I know. Uh Yes, they singled out the cheese because it symbolized France. (laughs) It is the only AOC raw milk cheese commercially available in the United States, which is news to me. They didn't go forward with the the tariff, but they did extend the 100% tariff that had already been enacted in 1999 until 2012. So some cheese tariff Ooh. Shade. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Scientists dug into the genes of Roquefort in the 2010s. According to them, the results they found debunk the legend of the shepherd that we told you about <laughs> in the beginning because the mold is not genetically a food-spoiling mold. Caves in the area generally do not contain P. roqueforti, meaning that blue cheese mold probably comes from a plant pathogen of rye that ended up in the flour and then was baked in the bread. Ah. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, and um, and a whole bunch of research, right, is, has been done over the past decade or so um, into P. roqueforti. Um, like, basically, we domesticated this mold using our foods. Wild species of penicillin eat decaying plant matter, not milk. Um, so even without realizing it, cheesemakers helped P. roqueforti evolve to do this very specific job for us. And, and it is still evolving. Um, researchers think that this and other molds have, like, honed themselves for culinary use, or rather that, you know, like, we've accidentally honed them over just the past few hundred years, um, uh, picking up chunks of DNA from related species that help P. roqueforti break down the sugars in milk but like also prevent it from growing too fast on, on a diet of just simple sugars. These traits would not be good for molds in the wild, but they are really great for making cheese. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. I've never really thought about as domesticating a type Fungus, of mold yeah. before. Yeah, like, <laughs> huh, how interesting. We uh-huh. do love cheese. Yep, yep, we do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, I certainly hope that I am able to get some Roquefort for my next cheese night. Mm -hmm. 
I'll I'll have to be on the lookout for it too. That's I I the cravings, the cravings. Yeah. I mean, the way you describe it sounds delicious. Uh, and I, I do love blue cheese, so I think I'd dig it. Mm-hmm. I think you will, too. Exciting. Yes. Yeah. Something to look forward to. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's apparently really good with, um, with, with kind of sweet flavors, um, dessert wines, chocolates, uh, uh, fruit, stuff like that. So, so mm-hmm. just if you need encouragement to eat chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It was so difficult to find that encouragement, Lauren. Thank you. Anytime. I will endeavor to eat more chocolate from now on with your help. I think I can do it. I'm here for you. You always are. That's why I love you. You're a great friend. Oh, <laughs> You're a great friend, too. Oh. Um, and we have some great listeners, and you always send such wonderful listener mail, which we have for you. We do, but first we've got one more quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga! How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at sandiego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this, I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered for just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And uh, we are back with actually one more Ruck for fact um, that I forgot to put into the outline. I was on the phone with um, uh, Stuff You Missed in History class and, among other things, host Holly Fry earlier today. And I said at the end of our call, like, well, I've got to go read a whole lot about Rockford. And she was like, one of my favorite Disney characters. And I was like, is this, is this one of those Ratatouille things that I don't get because ah. I haven't seen that movie yet? And after she got over her shock 
and and disappointment in me mm. for not having mm-hmm. watched that film. Um, mm-hmm. She explained that, yeah, uh, Rockfort is a character, uh, I think a mouse or a rat character in The Aristocats. Um, and oh. she said that he's he's a great friend to the cats and that um, I should go back and watch that film as well. I've been meaning to. That's one of the ones that I haven't, one of the old Disney movies I haven't watched in who knows how long because, it, you know, there's they kind of have those phases and I, the ones that I grew up with were The Lion King and Pocahontas mm-hmm. and Mulan. That was sort of my area and I've seen those a bunch and I do have Disney Plus, so oh, yeah. it's on there. It is. Yeah, yeah I um, I haven't seen anything except the, um, the Lizzo dub of <laughs> the scene where they're playing piano in at least two decades. So yeah, that's where I stand <laughs> on the Aristocats. Well, you know, we can add it to our list. We do have to watch Ratatouille, by the way. Oh, Um, we do. Okay. I know. I know. Several listeners have written in and said that they back me that we should watch Kung Fu Panda, Lauren. Okay. All right. I I wasn't saying that we shouldn't. I I approve of this plan. Well, good. (laughs) Well, good. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. But 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 now um, yes. that that aside aside, this mm-hmm. brings us to listener mail. It's like mold in a cave <laughs> in France. Oh, okay, yes. yeah. There's a yeah, there's, lot going on. There's a little bit of like a like a sound in the back there. So sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I feel like the Smithsonian. <laughs> this is what you need to collect these listener mail segments we do <laughs> and just make a tapestry. <laughs> oh. The complexities of Savers listener mail bit that really just started because they didn't have a sound effect and yet continues. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Smithsonian, get in touch. Yeah, yeah. We're let here. Us, any day. Let us know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um Frequent writer and also sender of pizza, Bob wrote, Use the forks, Homer. Use the forks. Mark <laughs> Hamill on The Simpsons. <laughs> A line that had me rolling from laugh there. Spent some time mainlining all your episodes you two have put out since February, trying to cheer myself out of isolation blues and listening to your Simpsons Foods episode just a few minutes ago. I heard you mentioned that you watched the Mark Hamill episode. Made me think of that line and smile. And oh. yes, Thanks for reminding me of that because I had seen that episode, but I kind of forgot what it was about. And yeah, update on my attempt to get Mark Hamill to tweet me. No update. Uh, <laughs> I'm still too shy to do anything uh-huh. about it, but I, I think something will happen one day. <laughs> Maybe. I think it will. No, I think it will. I, I mean, I, Lauren knows I'm casting my silly Star Wars play. She, oh, you're going to be in it, right, Lauren? Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> of course, I can't remember who we said you were going to be, but you said No, somebody. I have no idea. <laughs> it was somebody very off the beaten path. It was a very obscure character, if I remember correctly. <laughs> it's like, okay, yeah, totally. <laughs> All parts are up for grabs. Yeah, I'm, I am I also do not remember who I said, but uh, but yeah, I, I, I commit to wh- whatever that was. It might have been Yoda, actually. That's not a very obscure character. No, Annie. it's not. It's not. But it might have been Yoda. It was somebody with a voice, I think. Um, Dylan a- agreed to do Emperor Palpatine, which oh, I think is perfect because he's the sweetest be, person. 
right? <laughs> but he can do a solid Emperor Palpatine. That's going to be solid. That is going yeah. to be indeed the most solid. Yes. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, Mark wrote, uh, not Hamill, a, a different yeah. Mark. Um, but also, thank you, Mark. <laughs> also, an excellent Mark, yes. Um, yes. Uh, <laughs> wrote, um, I just finished listening to your Tikka Masala episode where your second listener mail led to a discussion about the cuteness of buying cookies from a fourth grade girl in uniform and the hesitation of doing the same from a seventh grade girl. Now, just imagine that instead of a seventh grade girl, it's a pubescent boy. And instead of trying to sell you cookies, he's trying to sell you an individual microwave popcorn bag. And not even an actual recognizable brand of popcorn either. (laughs) So, as far as I know, Trails End only exists to be sold as a fundraiser for scout organizations. This was the sad existence for me and my friends in the Boy Scouts in the 90s. Many a weekend day was spent outside of local supermarkets trying to sell popcorn to people who had just finished their grocery shopping. I can't even begin to describe how difficult those days were, and yet I still have an appreciation for those kind souls who didn't just buy a bag, but instead bought a whole box of popcorn. The moral of the story is, even if you won't eat the cookies or popcorn, consider just making a donation to those kids because you will brighten their day. I did not know this was a thing. Uh, me neither. I don't think I ever saw that, but that is, oh, that, <laughs> that is tough times, Mark, for sure. Yes. Um, oh, gosh. <laughs> I mean, I love popcorn, but I feel if someone, if a kid is standing outside the grocery store trying to sell me individual bags of popcorn, I might be a little wary. Yeah. Maybe. I. <laughs> Uh, you know, I guess it was during, like, the rental video days, so, like, maybe, Ah. you know, maybe, you know, something your brain would go, like, oh, yeah, I meant to, like, stop by the Hollywood video on the way home, so. That's a good point. Those were the days when, you know, at least my family on Fridays, we got to rent a movie from Blockbuster, and we got to usually eat Chinese food or pizza, and it was the best. Oh, yeah. Uh Mm Uh-huh. Oh, that is Mm -hmm. the best. Oh, I, I can. I'm imagining how the movie selection went down in your household, and I, <laughs> I it was probably epic. It was. <laughs> oh, it was. <laughs> I have many, many memories, and it got to the point where me and my my brothers we had a very uh, prank antagonistic relationship, mm-hmm. and it got to the point where not only were you purposefully like trying to choose a movie you know they didn't like or wouldn't like, mm-hmm. you were trying to choose a movie that would mess them up. So <laughs> I it, I had a big fear of aliens. And my older brother, he would always choose, like he chose Starship Troopers, which to this day I've not rewatched. Um, he chose like that Star Trek, is it Nemesis? Oh, with no. the, oh my gosh. Like he would just go out of his way. And and it was a family time, so I would try to be like, well, I'm so scared. And and they would say, no, this is our time as family if you want the pizza. <laughs> oh, no. Terror. <laughs> oh, oh, heck. Meanwhile, uh, I'm just like, let's get Hocus Pocus every time until my parents banned that movie from our house. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, uh, that's legit on both your and their parts. I can... Yeah. Perfectly well, see how that would work out that way. 
It's funny because the Blockbuster guy said, you can just keep it because I'd rented it enough. (laughs) And my parents said, no, (laughs) she can't have it. (laughs) But it's, I like that our our two opposing strategies there. Mine was just constant. This one Mm -hmm. movie I know you don't like. My older brother was, I know you're afraid of this thing. Let's try all Let's this. try all the different iterations mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. yeah. That is, that is. That's a that's a little window into into both mm-hmm. of y'all's. Yeah. 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 And for the people listening who are like, oh boy, I don't really know what this is about. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> they were fun times. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> Thanks to both of those listeners for writing in. If you would like to write to us, you can. Our email is hello at saverpod.com. We're also on social media. You can find us uh, on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram at saverpod. And we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at San Diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.